What do we want to do? What do we want to talk about? The movie. I yeah, believe. sure. Yes. Um, dragons. Hearts. Hearts. So. Horseshoes. Clovers. Blue moons. Pots of gold. Rainbow. And the and red the balloons. balloons. Like I said, yeah, I feel like this could be a, a tight, tight. Just a tight. Just a tight. A tight. That's all I got. Ship. Guys, aren't you glad that I'm really scatterbrained the night I'm hosting the podcast? Running out of steam <laughs> before you finish your sentences. <laughs> Not able to complete your, uh... Classic hallmarks of, of a solid Ravel hosting experience. There's an entire scene that the, of this play that we're reading that the, that the lessons doesn't cover. What the kids haven't read it, Raisin in the Sun. Never read it. It's fantastic. It's about a raisin in the sun. Yep, that's all it's, it's about. cultured. It's just a one long monologue from a great drying up in sunlight. <laughs> no, I mean literally in the sun. Oh, I the see. Is in At like the, the core of <laughs> yes. the sun. It's a sci-fi play. Is that, would that be like one of those, um, I feel like that's that's occasionally like a cutesy, this artist took some like titles or names you might be familiar with and made them literal in images. Who did that? I don't know, but I feel like I've seen that. Who before. did? Like if they were to do like Catcher in the Rye, there would be, I don't know. I lost it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Classic Ravel. Yeah, I was just waiting for it. Is he going to actually come up with something or is it going to peter out? Yeah, I, I, petered out. You even said it earlier of like, ooh, just like losing the thread on your own jokes before you're finished. <laughs> of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a deeply troubled movie and a delicious-themed cocktail and pick apart what worked, what didn't, and how they would fix it. I am Chris. Well, that was rather unmotherly of you, Ravel. And I am Brendan. The peasants are revolting, Trishler. And I am Lee. They're always revolting, but now they're rebelling. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, what? And if you couldn't tell by our just absolutely expert-level delivered lines... We watched Dragonheart all the way from 1994? Six. 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 1986. 1996, um, directed by Rob Cohen. With, uh, we have some Dennis Quaid. David Thewlis, Pete Postlethwaite, Dina Meyer, and Sean Connery. The voice of. As the voice of Dragonheart. And, uh, Julie Christie. Yeah, and Julie No, he did the, I believe he did the, the motion capture work. That's right. <laughs> they had him in a green oh suit with little dots on him, stomping around a field somewhere in Britain. I am not, <laughs> yes, I am not. his mouth. <laughs> I'm not a violent. a little action figure. I am not a violent person, but there's a pretty high ceiling for the amount of things I would do to see that footage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, um, also um, Jason Isaacs for like a little bit too. Yeah, he's um, too. Why not? Yeah, they, yeah. It's, it's sort of a 90s action comedy fantasy mishmash. There's, there's, there's shit going it's on in this definitely movie. definitely supposed to be a kids or goofy kids movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a family, family, family movie. Yeah, yeah for all family. ages. Everyone yeah. can enjoy the antics. There's a few the winky jokes that go over the kids' heads. And there's a scene where David Thewlis tries to rape a woman. But yeah. a little something for daddy. Yeah. <laughs> little, right. little something for daddy. <laughs> uh, but, of course, no 
troubled movie watching experience would be complete without a delicious cocktail. What did we drink? We drank the heart of a dragon. And the heart of a dragon is one jalapeno, one and a half cups of tequila, one cup triple sec, two cups lime juice, a quarter cup of lemon juice, half a cup of grapefruit juice, half a cup of St. Germain, two tablespoons of honey, and a pinch of salt. What you do is you pierce the jalapeno pepper in eight to ten places with a knife and cut it in half lengthwise. You leave the seeds, you leave the ribs in, you leave all that good stuff in. Throw the pepper in a four cup liquid measuring cup, pour in the tequila, cover with plastic wrap, and let it sit at room temperature for 24 hours. Then you get rid of the jalapeno, pour the tequila through a strainer, into a pitcher rather, through a sieve, to remove the seeds and all the other gunk. Then you add everything else, the triple sec, the St. Germain, the grapefruit juice, the lime juice, the lemon juice, the honey, and the salt, and you stir it up. Then you fill the glasses with ice and pour over the ice the margarita mixture. Drink it cold, baby! Uh, you also might end up increasing the amount of St. Germain. I took that in consideration oh, when okay. I said the ingredients. Okay, wonderful. Um, it was delicious. Yeah, it was good. spicy and citric, and I thought... There are a lot of flavors going into this one. Uh, and I feel like, especially when you're approaching a cocktail where there does have a lot of different uh, tastes and flavors going into it, that it could end up being a little wonky. But I actually found this to be, like, well-balanced and light. I could continue drinking this very happily throughout the summer. I did, too. I'm glad we had it. Uh, margarita was a good call, Lee. I think it was you who suggested yeah. margarita. Um, we should just do more margaritas. No, I'm not. We should. Honestly, Guys. it's summer, right? We should. Yeah. It's Ooh, fucking should summer. we make it the summer of the summer of Mars? Why the, the fuck not? It was the winter of gin. <laughs> it was the winter of gin. summer of Mars. <laughs> you know what? Now is the summer of our margaritas. We are in fucking quarantine. <laughs> we can't go to a harbor side yeah. cantina and get a delicious margarita. So, yeah. yeah. You know what? We're committing I mean, to it. Yeah, summer of Mars. Why not? Why not? Yeah. No, but Marks are good, you know? And um, I really enjoyed it. Because I think I was thinking. Along, when you said something about mead, yeah. I, that was like my first thought. Oh, no, I did not want to drink. I didn't really either. I it was just kind of like, well, maybe we could do mead. Yeah. I mean, it's an old timey movie. We've done it a lot for these fantasy movies, and they've been good drinks. But you just get tired of you mead. Just, one tends to repeat oneself. Yeah. And I don't think we've done a margarita before. No, Especially, I don't know why it took us this long. I don't know why either. We've done a spicy drink before. Really? I don't know. I feel like we might have. I'm not sure. I have to think. That said, uh, A+. Plus. A+. Which plus. Again. It was a good drink. Yeah, yeah. top 10. Really easy great. to make, though, too, actually. Like, once you get past the infusing of the tequila with the jalapeno, it's really just like mixing shit in a pitcher. Well, and also, super if, easy. if you want to save time, you can buy jalapeno tequila. Yeah, but it's you can there. do it yourself. Oh, I know. I'm not, I am not suggesting you shouldn't do that. I am, <laughs> I don't know, like, if you're crunched for time, I don't know. Quarantine makes everything weird. Um, but yeah, no, this was an excellent cocktail. It very much helped. I don't know if we settled on this, but who's going to describe the movie? Yeah, I'll do it. I got Wikipedia. Okay, oh, great. <laughs> Ooh, is this going to be a long one? Yeah, I probably. Like this is a movie people like hold in high regard because they liked it as a child. An English Knight of the Old Code, Bowen, mentors a Saxon prince named Einan? Einan? How do Einan. Einan. In his ideals with the hope that he will be a better king than his tyrannical father, King Frayne. Frayne? These wow. names. There are names on these characters. Frayne. It was Einan and Frayne. Okay, Frayne. The guy yells that, what is it, the first father is like, Frayne! And then he <laughs> yeah, he does. While suppressing a peasant rebellion, the king is killed in an ambush, and Kara, a young peasant girl, accidentally causes Einan to be mortally wounded in the chest. Einan's Celtic mother, Queen Ashlyn? Ashley? I don't know. How, it's A-I-S-L-I-N-N, but I know it's usually like Ashlyn. I don't know. I don't remember hearing her name. Ashlyn has taken him before a dragon and asks to save the boy's life. The dragon replaces Einan's wounded heart with half of his own on the promise that Einan will rule with justice and virtue. However, Einan proves even more tyrannical than his father by enslaving the former rebels that killed his 
father and forcing them to rebuild a Roman castle. Bowen, believing the dragon's heart twisted, Ian swears vengeance on all dragons by hunting them down. Twelve years later, an adult Ian's castle is rebuilt. Kara asks that her father be freed after years of slavery. Ian agrees, but instead kills him to free him. Meanwhile, Bowen has become a very skilled dragon slayer. Brother Gilbert, a monk and aspiring poet, observes Bowen's prowess and follows him to record his exploits. Bowen stalks the dragon to its cave, but the confrontation ends in a stalemate. The dragon states that he is the last of his kind, and they agree not to kill each other, instead forming a partnership to defraud local villagers with staged dragon slayings. Bowen names the dragon Draco after the constellation. Unbeknown to Bowen, Draco is the dragon who shared his heart with Ainan and feels any pain Ainan feels. Kara, seeking revenge on Ainan, is imprisoned after a failed assassination attempt. Realizing she is responsible for his near death as a boy, Ainan attempts to seduce her and make her his queen. <laughs> Ashlon, depressed by what her son has become, helps Kara escape the castle. Kara tries to rally her village's people against Ainan, but they instead offer her as a sacrifice to Draco. <laughs> Which sounds a lot funnier than it actually is. After she has taken to Draco's lair, Ainan arrives to recapture her, so that's what he was trying to do, and fights Bowen. As they fight, Ainan demoralizes Bowen by declaring that he never believed in the code and was only using Bowen to learn how to fight. He gains the upper hand and nearly kills Bowen. Draco intervenes and reveals his half-heart, causing Ainan to flee in horror. Kara asks Bowen to help overthrow Ainan, but the disillusioned knight refuses. Bowen and Draco come upon Gilbert at another village. Kara, disguised at their actions, attempts to expose them, but the villagers do not believe her until after the stage slaying while Draco is playing dead. When the villagers decide to carve him up for meat, he takes flight, revealing the scam. Scam is a linked word in the synopsis on Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. They then surround Bowen, Kara, and Gilbert, declaring to make them their meat instead. Draco rescues the trio and takes them to Avalon, where they take shelter among the tombs of the Knights of the Round Table. Draco tells Bowen about himself and Ainan. He had hoped that by saving Ainan, it would change his nature, reunite the races of men and dragon, and earn Draco a place in the stars where worthy dragons go after they die. Instead, he fears his actions have cost him his soul and agrees to help the fight against after a vision of King Arthur reminds him of his knightly honor, Bowen agrees as well. Bowen and Draco organize the villagers into a formidable army, and they are nearly victorious against Ainan's forces when Gilbert strikes Ainan in the heart with an arrow. Draco, feeling Ainan's pain, falls from the sky and is captured. Ainan, realizing he is effectively immortal so long as Draco lives, is determined to keep the dragon safe. Ashlyn, knowing of the connection, attempts to kill Draco during the night, but Ainan intercepts and kills her instead. Does he kill her? Did I miss that? Did uh, I like, uh, die? Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember her dying. I don't remember also, her Also, I do just want to say real quick, I didn't want to interrupt you because you were on a great roll, but fuck whoever said he tried to seduce her. Yeah, it was consensual. It was rape. Yeah. <laughs> the rebels invade Ian's castle and Bowen throws Ian from the top of a tower while he tries to free Draco. The dragon begs Bowen to kill him and end Ainan's reign. Bowen can't bring himself to kill his friend, but Ainan rises up and charges at Bowen. Reluctantly, Bowen throws an axe into Draco's exposed half-heart, killing Ainan and Draco. Draco's body dissipates as his soul becomes a new star in the constellation, and Bowen and Kara lead the kingdom into an era of justice and brotherhood. I mean, mm. I guess they do. Yeah. Well... Thanks for doing that. Yep, Thank you're you welcome. That. That's long and tedious. I think that synopsis yes. is about as long as the movie itself. Yeah. Honestly, like, the movie is not quite as long as I... Not as long as it feels. I mean, it is, I think, it's closer like to the era of the... I believe it's 120? No. Uh, but yeah, no, it, I mean, it does come from the, the era of the tight 90s, so it was... It was the tight 90s. We're walking around our tight clothing, <laughs> watching our tight movies. Famously. Famously. Yeah. <laughs> Every movie in the tight 90s was a tight 90 minutes. So oh, you God. It. I just couldn't wait to slip on my jinkos and sit down yeah. for a short movie. You're your tight jinkos. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they had much narrower legs than the pictures would lead you to believe. Those were the so the late nineties, oh. the tight nineties, the early nineties were the Jinko nineties. That's right, the loose nineties. 
This was 96, and we were starting to get into, like, the tighter 90s. Okay, so I think the the first thing I want to get into when we're discussing this movie, and there's really not much. Guys, who's seen this movie before? Me. Me. I have not. I know. I have no associations or knowledge of this movie going into it, except for the To the Stars song, well, score on the soundtrack. Which, like, we've, like, seen and heard in a million things. Yes. So many montages, so many trailers, it's everywhere. That's Um, all I know about this movie, going into it. It's funny that it is one that I saw as a child and really liked, that I have absolutely no nostalgic sentimentality for it at all. I mean, I don't... I did. I mean, I... Be wrong to say I didn't have like nostalgia for it, like in that I remember liking it as a kid, and that's why I was just watching it. But like I have not enjoyed watching it as an adult. <laughs> I, I like... said out loud during this movie tonight that I, I was I just I guys I don't like this movie, <laughs> and I'm glad I saw it again as an adult to like you know I, I like yes I like being able to like see how the perspective has shifted and shifted in a big big way. I feel like the only thing I really knew about this movie going in is that there are like six directed video sequels. Yeah, I've only seen it the is second one. Nuts how many there are, and I'm pretty sure they're all on Netflix. I think they are somehow. Yeah, which is insane. Well, the last one, I think the most recent one is A Lot of Hell on a Bottom Card. Yeah, it came out like last year or something, yeah. or like this year, or like still crazy recent. Yeah. 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 It's Hell on a Bottom Carter as a dragon. I'm like, why? Like, why wouldn't what? you? What is this movie? This is a dragon. <laughs> the most recent? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, why wouldn't you? It just takes the money. Yeah, I know, right? Like, you just drive it like a bag of money up to your door, like, give you, like, give you your phone and be like, just say your lines you're, into your ear. Yep. You're given, like, a yacht's worth of money to go and sit in the recording this, booth this, for a few yeah, days. Yeah, it's just, like, that's just money in the bank for yep. you. Truly. Um, well, but kind of, like, cracking into that, I want to talk about the, the kind of the setting and the world building we see in this movie. Because um, I feel like there's two parts of it, at least in my mind. This year. This year? This year? Yeah. My god. In let's the year skip. of our lord 2020, we're still making Dragonheart. Let's you know skip what that the is? rest of the movies. Let's all watch Dragonheart. <laughs> yeah. The rest just of the year actually, is just Dragonheart. Let's just see where we ended up. Actually, this. this episode is over. In two weeks, we're going to reconvene to talk about Dragonheart 2020. <laughs> um, well, I, I wonder if that's not just like someone was like, do you know what's hot? These days, nostalgia. Just and what's a cheap property we can get our hands on? I mean, on? but they've been cranking them out like fairly consistently yeah. since that's 1996. True. Is it like a... Is, was it going to be high profile? I mean, what is in the quarantine times? But was it was it going to be like a big movie? No, None of they've them never been. been. They've just been like direct, direct. to video releases, yeah. or in this case, I'm sure like direct to streaming. Yeah. Anywho, uh, I feel like there's two parts to this world building that we can kind of tackle, and one is the kind of the semi historical fantasy we see, but then also just the like dragon component because uh, the we see there's many references to it being like it's real it's real world. ancient England there's like Roman ruins. Romans are there Christianity exists King you, Arthur you see a cross or two yeah, yeah. King Arthur is mentioned and his ghost shows up Avalon is there yeah well, sort of he shows up off screen he, he's, he shot some shit a, a voice only walk he also collected his paycheck I'm pretty sure that was just work. the mushrooms that Bowen ate probably was <laughs> He think it was like Draco hiding behind a statue. You're like, <laughs> remember your oath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These foolish humans. Um, yeah, but they they also seem to kind of commit um, to a very like uh, reality is brown and dirty and gross. Well, that was just the aesthetic. Yeah. Ideas, which is unfortunate, but like it's I don't know how. Budget. Does the movie have a good budget? I don't know. Let me look up real quick. Let's find out. Because like I wonder if the shitty 
costume design like, budget, or if it was deliberate. Well, you know, eleven million was the budget. How much which is that not do you nothing think went into Dragon Animation? Yeah, well, I'm well, sure a lot of it. That's the problem. Yeah, so fifty-seven million in ninety-six. That's probably more than fifty-seven million now, right? Well, yeah, inflation <laughs> probably. No, Chris, it was more money worth more than more back then. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm guessing in the neighborhood of a hundred is <laughs> yeah, what sure, I'm guessing sure, now, because sure, sure, sure. um, it's not quite doubled. But um, yeah, I would say probably about a hundred. But you have to imagine a good chunk of that's going to make the CGI dragon, mm-hmm. right? You're probably we can tell from watching this movie that the cast isn't that huge. What would you say? Sorry, I'm just reading about the sequel, Vengeance. Well, okay, no. <laughs> This is what it says about Dragon Eye Vengeance. Yeah. The film takes wait, wait, place... Wait, which one is Vengeance? Is the most recent one? This is the most recent one. Okay. 2020. This okay. says, The film begins before the events of Dragonheart Battle for the Hearthfire, but ends after the fourth film. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? God, you need like a fan edit or something of this. Wait. So it's like when... um. What do they call it? Uh, a Gaiden game or a Gaiden game. When like a... Uh, it's a lot of like Japanese game uh, series will have like an installment that's like happening in between and <laughs> sort of yeah. like concurrent to it's some sort of crazy midquel that takes place yeah. why it isn't the way that the second one's like or the third one's a prequel or something too right like one of them is a prequel, one of them is a prequel. I, yeah. I think here's the thing I think that some of these are like in different parts of the world and completely the only thing that binds them is that dragons. it's dragons. the same yeah. world where dragons were a thing yeah and I bet in every single one of these fucking movies there's a dragon it's the last dragon, dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like oh it's the last dragon no at least one of them is like a time where there are lots of dragons okay like where it's before the fucking dragon massacres of both China and <laughs> 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 anyway to get back to world building those are things that are a thing in this yeah. universe. Yeah. Well, because um, even when uh, Dennis Quaid isn't off hunting dragons and he's just protecting a sickly evil prince as a kid, they don't say it outright, but you don't get the impression that dragons are like a very extant group. In what do you mean world. by extant? Like, well, there doesn't seem to be many of them left. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like there were a lot. Cause there I must like, have been. If, I feel like they showed that, or didn't they rattle off a number for how many Bowen killed? Yeah. He was legendary for, like, killing a fuck ton of dragons. Yeah. So I feel like it was, because I don't know. I don't, there's no evidence. That this is the thing. It's not set up very well. They don't really say. But there's a dragon that they find within the first 10 minutes to, like, cure ship, ship, little ship prince. Yeah. But I feel like there are probably a lot of other dragons around that just, like, don't, you know, not they're better than not human, so yeah. they don't really inter- involve themselves in human affairs. Right. I will say, this is like cheating because it comes from sequels. <laughs> but okay. they establish in the second movie that, like, dragons... I mean, Draco says this a little bit, that, like, dragons were supposed to always, like, help humanity. And mm-hmm. there's the idea of that, like, this draconic code of, like, if you are good and help humans and you go to dragon heaven or whatever. In the second <laughs> movie, they talk about, like, this is how dragons used to be, but then at some point in the other distant past... There's this dragon named Griffin who, like, decided, like, no, fuck humans. We're going to kill everyone. And that's what made the emperor of China kill all the dragons <laughs> of China. And so, like, since then, I don't know. I think the world that we live in now is a world where dragons used to all be super good. Mm-hmm. Now they're not. Now they're just kind of their own thing and they're assholes. But maybe this lady had just happened to know that Draco was a good dragon. Yeah, it's not really delved into with much detail about, like, how she knows about him or, no. like, why she can talk but she, to like, him. Yeah, she has this specific protocol almost that she uses to address him. Yeah, she has, like, little dragon sculptures in her room. Yeah. So, like, you guess that she's been studying about dragons. So she also knows where he lives, what he can do, and, like, what she has to do in order to get it done. Yeah. There were a lot of easy hookups here that they could have used and they don't use. Like, they could have <sighs> had her be, like, druidic. They could have had, it like, oh, like, 
Christianity, you know, came around and like we're not into the old ways. Mm-hmm. Like she's like into sort of like druidic stuff, and yeah. so she's more connected to like the ancient, the old ways. I kind of wish they had teased that out more because I mean, just that that idea of this kind of tension or conflict between Christianity and the quote unquote old ways. Because well, like that's not a thing. I just made that up. I yeah. felt like they well, saw in the movie at all. But I feel like that is there in the visual parts of the movie where oh, I don't think so. I think that the old ways in the movie are they're just talking about the old nice. code, which is yeah. still Christian. Well, I was about to explain Okay, go ahead, explain. Before two people jumped in and told me to explain it. Oh, um, I've never been interrupted, so I don't know what that feels like. Yeah, exactly, I know. <laughs> uh, no, there's a wide shot of Julie Christie's room where there's that giganto cross, and then there's the lingering shot where she looks over to the side where she has this alcove just full of little dragon figurines. And I'm not saying it's a lot, but it is giving us some... And based on her dialogue as well, they do seem to indicate that she is a believer in these old ways. I wish it was teased out more, but they do at least put in that slight gesture to that tension of, like, there was an old accepted way of doing things and it involved, I don't know, parlaying with dragons. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that's... That's, that's that's a concept that maybe you could be said to exist in the movie, but that's not what I'm saying should have we mm. could have done. I'm saying that like you could have established that like the people that are more connected to dragons are like not Christian or like I there's see. like this distinct group of people in this alternate history that are like revering dragons. Like it could have been like a, like again like a this is the same thing as druidic really, but like a folk or ethnic thing mm-hmm. where like the Saxons don't are not cool with dragons, but some people are. Because, like, maybe there are some groups that historically had better relations with dragons than others, and some people were like, no, fuck dragons, we're gonna kill all the dragons. <laughs> this is, none of this stuff is done no. in the movie, and so it's kind of very confusing where dragons and humans It lie. also <laughs> seems like it's an inference you could make for yourself, because there seems to be an implication that, like, this is not a marriage that she wanted to enter into. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't seem uh, to like her husband. I know, she doesn't I don't seem know, like her kid. Here, so, she, like, she says to Carol, like, I don't want you to end up like me. Yeah. Or make the same decision. Right, so, like, for, presumably forced into a marriage against her will. So, yeah. like, it seems like it is possible that this was a marriage that was, like, convenient for them. Like, like that was somehow politically convenient for the king to do. Like, it united two warring factions. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. This is me interpolating my own bullshit here. I but know. Like, That's what we're all doing. Because it's there. It's but, so like, bad. Right. Like, <laughs> it, it would have been so easy to, like, do this. Yeah. But it ain't there. Uh, also, so like this is this is England. We all know this. Yes. Like he's the king of all England? Well, I mean, did I think, king. I think no. Similar to how the girl in the second movie is the, the princess, princess of China. China. Right, of all China. <laughs> China as we know it. Back in the day. Yeah. I think they round out certain things just for like movie simplicity. Okay. King I mean, of just, England, Princess of what, China. What I was just going to say, and this was probably goes back to budgetary concerns, his kingdom doesn't seem all that big. His forces don't seem all that many. populated. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's just kind of like, like it feels like there's, I don't know, maybe a hundred peasants in this kingdom. Oh, there's. And, well, that's, I mean, you can't really achieve that kind of scale realistically. I, I know you can't. And I'm saying also that like a big chunk of that money went to making Draco. So like they couldn't yeah. afford to get a bunch of Hungarians and, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you did it, if you did it better, I'm fine with, like, assuming that, like, yeah, there are other towns and there are other vassals and other things, but, like, you know, this takes place in the immediate vicinity of the kingdom and there was not time to rally all of the barren. Well, there is also, I feel like, though, you do kind of see that lack, uh, even in the beginning when uh, Daddy King, like, personally leads an army into a hamlet the size of our apartment. (laughs) <laughs> he just likes burning things. I don't know what to tell you. Like, Sometimes you just gotta set I mean, a house on fire. I'm not saying that I need something on a grand scale at all times, but it does feel like the stakes are always Well, also, small. like, it's yeah. pretty obviously just a fucking massacre. Like, it's very unclear, like, why <laughs> what, they're uh, revolting, except yeah. that, like, probably they're, the king is awful. Yeah, and they're in their right to revolt, yeah. because he's 
riding into town they setting fire to, to their uh, houses. Yeah, like have some some complaints yeah. you know, or, or try to like, you know, protest and then the king just goes into their tiny village and sets fire to all the houses. <laughs> that scene. Oh my god. Movie. And then it also like there's actually some of the for me the funniest scenes are in the beginning. Because one is when the woman I what is her name? Kara. 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 I don't know how to say it. Where she just sort of like shoves the prince and he just gets like semi-impaled on a thing. I thought that was funny just because it was almost slapsticky how he got killed or not killed, but wounded. I also think, I still think it's so funny when he like pries the crown away from his dead father and was just like, no, die. It's not funny, but you have talked multiple times on how funny you find that scene. I do find it I just think you think it's funny to wrest something from your dying father's hands. Yeah. I do. I think you should look into this. No, it's just like, the look on his face when he does it is so goofy. And then like, the dad literally just as soon as he like the king as soon as like to go to the crown just like Sputters. dies. Yeah, well the thing is is that like the king is sitting there dying, but then like when the th- th- crown is threatened away from him, he's <laughs> to try to get. I'm taking it with me. Exactly. Which is like a weird instinct because well, don't you want your son to become the next king? And like, then like a <laughs> and then like a pouty child is just no, it's mine. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it is a moment <laughs> in the movie. I'm not doubting that. Because, I mean, later in the movie, there is, I think, conscious jokes. And yeah, I mean, there's some... Yeah, there are. I think, a lo- it, like I said, a lot of it I comes from Draco. I wanted to remember which one I, I remember like, speaking aloud. I was like, that was a good line. I can't remember what... Oh, was it, it was... Was it Peter No, yeah. He has some good ones at the end. The monk at the end says some, like, great one-liners when he's, like, turn fucking the nailing dudes with Yeah, yeah. yeah turn, turn the other cheek. What was the other one? I forget. I remember him saying, "Thou shalt not kill," but that was for Ainen at the end. Yeah. Like that wasn't one of his earlier. I feel quips. like yeah, he shoots one guy in the back, and he's like, "Should turn the other cheek." Yeah, because <laughs> like... yeah, he shot him in the butt. Oh, the really? arrow goes into oh, his I, butt. I thought it was just because he turned around or something. Well, that's I didn't see it was in his butt. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, it's funny how like juvenile the comedy gets in this. Well, movie. it is a comedy. Okay, like, it is. Yeah. 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 Um, it is a goofy movie. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything else we wanted to throw in there, like worldwise? I don't know. Not really. It's bad. It's, it's ugly. Like we could list ugly is a good word. A for bullet it. point of things I don't understand, or like I don't understand how this woman got married to this king in the first place. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why she has a relationship with this dragon. I don't really understand the relationship between dragons and humans at the start of this movie. <laughs> I have a little bit of trouble. Like I think it gets explained a little bit as the movie goes on, but I have trouble understanding the relationship between Draco and Ainen for much of the movie because I feel like the fact that like. Ainen believes himself to be functionally immortal really just comes out at the end where he's like yeah. the dragon never dies I'll never die and it's just like was that ever established yeah, I'm anywhere? not clear about that like, like, what, like will, will Draco eventually die of old age like like what well I assume that dragons live lay, uh, did I say live lay longer yeah live it's fine uh, that, they live lay longer <laughs> <laughs> take two live way longer yeah than human. I, I assume that is the case too, but yeah. it's just sort of like the fact that he believes himself to be immortal. Yeah. It's just sort of like, I, I don't quite get where you're getting this from. I would also say, I, this is. Small. Maybe his magic mom told him. That's true. Magic mommy all the, all the is. Dragon yeah, she does know everything. I think this is something that was in my head more, particularly because we pivoted from doing Dungeons and Dragons to this movie. And I was kind of thinking, like, what is the. What are some of the differences in the ways that this movie approaches dragons and then Dungeons and Dragons does? And you guys haven't seen Dungeons and Dragons, but in that movie, dragons are literally just these like mindless beasts, which is stupid. Are they actually a mindless beast or does the rod make them? No, no, they are a straight up mindless beast. They have no speech. They have no logic. They are creatures. Seems like the dumbest, seems like the biggest, like, I don't whiff. know. Yeah, whiff <laughs> in the world if you're doing a D&D movie, but whatever. It, no, completely. But that is something I kind of appreciate about this movie that like, the one dragon we see, and we can, I guess, assume from that all dragons, 
can speak and deal in magic well, it's and the, it, it, reason. It, it, he and is like pretty much the D&D concept of dragon where it's like just a better, this is a superior apex being. predator to you like, yeah. in all ways. He's smarter <laughs> than you. He lives longer. He's bigger, bigger and crazier. Shoots fire. Shoots yeah. fire. Like, all the things. Yeah, you should honestly be worshipping him because he is essentially God to you. Yeah. Um, it makes him a lot more interesting though. I mean, dragons are not really as interesting if they're just like mindless animals, you know, as, with, most, as with most things, you know, like it's just not that... It's just not that fun to see, like, an animal running amok. But our, I mean, I feel like... I don't know. Are dragons usually that? Because in my, in my experience, a lot of dragons no, are usually, like, intelligent. I feel like, for the most part, at least in my experience as well, dragons have a modicum of intelligence. Like, yeah. even if they're not verbalizing what they're saying, you know, or like, I mean, like, you know, in Game of Thrones, it's like they understand concepts, yeah. but they can't speak to well, you, they're kind right? of like smart horses. Right? Yeah, I was gonna, like, yeah. like a very smart dog or something. Yeah. That's, but see, I Where they're like... smart enough to destroy the Iron Throne because they realize it's <laughs> metaphorical. It's symbolic. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, <laughs> if at some point in a mini in the future, we all just gleefully skewer the final season. Of I, don't wanna, I haven't thought about Game of Thrones since it ended. I don't foresee myself thinking about it. Putting it out there. Um, Put it out there and let it fly away. I do appreciate, though, that I guess I, I personally have not seen many movies or media that treats dragons like this. The Hobbit. That's true. Yeah. I mean, a lot of movies do. Don't, I mean, maybe not movies. Maybe I think not. It's, what I mean, is, a lot of fantasy dragons in E-Reagan. They're intelligent. They're, like, psychic. So, yeah. Oh, That's right. another example yeah. right there. Sorry, I don't think about Iraqan ever. I mean, we, no one should. We, yeah, we, we try not to also, but nonetheless. It's there. I, I don't feel, I mean, like, you know, I'd have to actually pull numbers for you, but I don't think that there is a heavy skewing one way or the other mm. for dragons being, like, you know, 90% of the time they're super intelligent, or, like, 90% of the time they're mindless killing machines. I feel like it's probably pretty evenly split. It just mm. depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. I well, think I'm I, definitely looking for the smarter dragon. I, I found that to be actually pretty nice. I think I was, well, I was wrapping Go look my, to Smaug. In my brain, like, the... Um, the just sort of all of mediums of dragons and where they appear and yeah. so like I was thinking about like the dragon runners of Pern where like they're essentially human intelligence and again D&D was just a big oh, yeah. aspect of dragon lore but like they can even take human form at times yeah many of them let's also talk about like how the plot is structured because we we experienced some time jumps as well, well like, one one? I thought there was two. No, was just, I think there's like a 12-year time jump. There's a 12-year time jump, and then there's another time jump when, when? the castle's being built. Isn't what? There? No, it's 12 years. And there's he, like a time, they're dragging time him, jump. They're dragging the him away, and he's like, look at that fucking castle. Remember how great that castle used to be? I'm going to good yeah. again. And Dennis Quaid's like, it's going to take a lot of people, and he's like, That well. wasn't Dennis Quaid, that was Brock. Wait, oh, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. But there is another time jump, because... Uh, Dennis Quaid leaves the service, and then the next time we see him, he's already killed a bunch of dragons as a dragon. Yeah. That's part of the 12-year time jump. Oh, no, it's not. Sorry. But Here's like, the thing. Yeah, okay. I think that what he, Chris is remembering is there's like there is a bit where, like, but at the prince recovers from his, like, mortal injury, and he's still babby form yeah. when he blinds the stupid guy. Yeah. Well, he's not stupid, but, like, you know. The guy. <laughs> the guy. And then says, like, I'm going to make this stupid fort, and it's going to be great. And yeah. then there's a bit where, there is a sort of mid-quote bit where Dennis Quaid is like, oh, this guy's an asshole, I blame the dragon. And then it cuts 12 years. Okay. So, like, probably months to a year. Okay, so but like the first like, time jump is like a cut, like a month or yes. something. Okay, it's like a month to anywhere from a month to a year, but it's he's still bad. So like yeah. it couldn't have been that long. Mm. So there, you, it could be said. I just sort of considered that like Passage still one of time. part of the timeline. Yeah. Then, but it's it's mostly like Babby Prince David Fulton Prince. Prince. Yeah, it's unclear how old, like how much time has passed between like right, being mortally injured and then like blinding the guy. Everyone else looks the same. Yeah. yeah. 
Except for David Thewlis. That's something that's so deeply confusing. Because, like, yeah, David Thewlis gets aging. Brock gets, like, a whiter wig and beard. But everyone else looks more or less as they did blank number of years ago. Yeah, I almost wonder if there's, like, a way where it's sort of like (laughs) the heart of the dragon makes him into a hunky adult. And they had recast him with, like, a hunk. (laughs) I just think this movie needs more hunks. It's a real failure. Well, Dennis Quaid isn't hunking it up for you. I mean, he's fine. He's fine. It's, it still suffers from bad 90s looks. It yeah, does. I mean, everyone's hair, right? Everyone's hair is everyone's awful. Hair? All the women have enormous hair. All the men have super long hair. Oh, frizzy. Yeah. It's terrible. It is. Frizzy. So many bad looks in this Especially movie. Especially Kara. Her I hair is Fred like, City. Authentic. Like, I wouldn't have great hair. Uh, no. That's I, that whole, like, weird Prince of Thieves, like, pseudo-authenticity vibe of, like, ooh, yeah, like, it's all brown and, like, weird shit's happening and people are gross and dirty. Like some mildly cool shit in Prince of Thieves. I feel like Alan Rickman gets to wear some cool outfits. Alan Rickman is the only thing I love about Prince of Thieves. There's a bit where he uh, stabs a guy with a sword that he says, that's good Spanish steel. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing I remember about that movie. I mean, isn't Sherwood Forest basically in New York Village? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. That's just, but just see Men and Tights if you're gonna, like... Yeah, for real. Just, it's just the same thing, but better. Although, speaking of the... I mean, we called it out, too, but the, like, climactic battle of this movie also felt like... Yeah, it's super Endory. The Ewok Forest. It is like an Ewok Yeah, because there's, like, a handful of moments where, like... Like, oh, like, like a battering ram log. Not right. so much of knights off their horses. Oh. Be like, oh, oh, they're using, like, primitive tech yeah. and they're winning. Yeah, it's just like the Viet Cong. <laughs> God. It's the metaphor I'm sure Rob Cullen was going for here. Yeah, he was really digging deep for this one. Yeah. Um, did you guys know how political Dragonheart is? Yeah. Super political. Um, In terms of plot structure, it's kind of scary. Oh, it's okay. Bless you. It's kind of weird because we have... Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> that was a sneeze. I wasn't sure. I just feel like Dennis Quaid takes kind of too long to realize he was wrong. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a fucking idiot, right? So, like, he immediately, for whatever reason, like, baby David Thewlis is like, it turns out I'm a secret villain the whole time. And by the way, like, from... Like, the jump, baby David Thewlis is so villainous. Well, okay, I would say that from the first scene, you don't get enough of him to know what his deal is. He seems fine. He's fighting with Dennis Quaid, whatever. There was a weird look in his eyes when, after, he says, like, I hope you're better than your, you're, you're going to be a greater king than your father. That's true, yeah. There is a, a creepy glint to his eyes when he's well, like, yes, I will be great. And he also has that, like, weirdly casual, like, the peasants are revolting. Yeah. But there's, like, some mild signs, but I would say that the biggest sign... The biggest tell is when he... He tries to pull the crown from his daddy. Oh, he doesn't see that. That's true. Oh, oh, Bowen oh, oh, oh I see what you mean. You're just talking. We know. Right, no, okay. I thought you meant about, like, us in general. Okay. Bowen doesn't see yes, that. Yes, Bowen sees him, but like, blinded if you're, if you're Bowen and you want to, like, blind yourself to some warning signs, <laughs> the point at which the king uh, blinds The point you should someone, be less blind is when the king blinds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. You should open your eyes to that. Yeah. And leave. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but, well he does leave, he to does. be fair. But then he's immediately like, dragon, how could you do this? You yeah. ruined his heart. You made him evil. And I mean, like, I don't know. Is Dennis Quaid just, like, a fucking idiot or is he oblivious was he not paying that much attention to what the kid was doing because like the warning signs are probably there yeah no it's really <sighs> and it takes him so fucking long to come like around to this too and like there there's a scene between him and draco where you almost feel because like when we were watching again you're like this oh is the my scene... god i was like is this where he finds right, this out this is the no, scene where he finds out that draco gave his heart to Ina, and you're like no they just almost talk about it yeah and the scene ends it's absurd. It's like the worst type of plot where, like, it relies on a character just being so fucking stupid. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's so much of this is just like, if these two characters bothered to have a conversation, we would have progressed so much quicker. Yeah. And I don't, I hate it. I hate that, like, it's really a dumb premise that, like, this guy spent 12 years killing dragons out of some stupid, mis- awful, like, 
just awful misconception that like somehow a dragon killed made the made prince his heart evil nasty. Yeah. Which is like I don't understand. And then he kills other dragons, not even that one. Yeah, you think there's some penance involved in this too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he was, he's basically like a genocidal maniac. Yeah, but then again, none of those dragons went to dragon heaven. So. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so they were bad dragons. To yeah, be fair. Yeah. if they were nice dragons, like, they would have dissolved. They would have yeah turned into a star. But yeah. so they're in dragon hell. One of them was probably baby dragon Hitler. Yeah, I don't know if there's much more to say about the plot structure. It's bad. I mean, it's flimsy. It's like it's flimsy. It's also like it, 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 it's sort of pseudo episodic in a way because. There is, like, a bit where the plot spins its wheels for a first solid 50 minutes of, like, they sort of start this, like, con man routine. Yeah, like yeah. Doing, and it happens, like, two or three times where they, like, show oh the, the, that, that routine. You mean when he was like, yeah, you're gonna save yourself from the dragon, and then on cue, yeah, Draco yeah, just yeah. goes, and then they show like what yeah, at least twice, like there's at least two or three times where they go through the whole sh- spiel of like going to a village, dragon does some shit. They like stage the dragon's death. There's that one comedic bit where the fucking Viking dudes are like, "We, oh what are you oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They just want to like he, he can't sink. They want him to sink into the water, but like the water's like too shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Just so funny. Yeah, he wasn't exactly like articulate, but it did feel like those villagers became especially dumb at a certain point when they just start going. What well, was like and to compare it to like frat boys, yeah. yeah, who are just like beer, 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 beer. Characters, I feel like we can run through pretty quickly. Well, Bino Bowen's a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, that's And true. as played by Dennis Quaid, um, I think we kind of identified the accent he was going for, at least in the beginning, was Irish, but he kind of drops it. I, I mean, I, I don't even... think he drops it. I just don't think he does a very good job with it. Like, I, I don't think he ever... That it was Irish. I, I think, think you, you have more where he's doing, like, our... Like, his yeah, R, his seems, R's are kind of like that. He yeah. seems to focus more on talking like this. Yeah, like a little bit of a... Sort of, like, speaking sort of, like... As if you were reading Shakespeare and couldn't do it. Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to set theatrical the diction. Yeah. yeah. But no, beyond the fact that he's a fucking idiot, it's, it's, his, I have a lot of problems with this character because for someone that like claims to be this like noble knight, we never actually see him be noble. Mm-hmm. All we do is hear him talk about it. And then like when he decides that the prince is evil because of this bullshit, he becomes this like fucking murderous rampant. Murderous. Yeah. yeah. It just goes killing dragons mm-hmm. and then charging money for it. Yeah. Which like all comes out of the peasant's pocket and then happily becomes a con artist. Yeah. And then uh, even more like under shitty pretenses, like takes money out of the nobles, which really comes from the civilians. And when Draco points out, like, you know that you're actually just hurting the peasants. He's like, well, whatever, fuck them. Right. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, but then he gets a very convenient, like he'll face turn when like, King Arthur, King a ghost appears to him and it's just like, recite your oath. And then from then on, he's good. Well, I guess when a ghost tells you shit, you get your shit together, right? Sure, but he's ghost a character that like... Is that what it would take? Does a ghost need to talk to me for me to get my shit together? <laughs> Chris, yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare taught me anything. This is an intervention. True. We're having a ghost talk yeah. to you. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This is how this goes? Yeah, get your shit together. You guys were like, yeah, let's record a podcast. <laughs> Summon a ghost. <laughs> but no, like, he's a character that, like, we are consistently told is good, but I don't, I don't, I need to see those receipts. Yeah, yeah. we all. I also can't tell what Dennis Quaid is going for performance-wise, because at times he seems to be doing, like, discount solo, and I just don't feel it. No, there is. There's, like, a roguish element. I thing. think for me, like, the part where I find him the most interesting is when he is actively, like, being a con man with Draco. Like, that's yeah. the point where I'm, like, I'm kind of getting bored with this as the main character. <clears throat> Everything before that, I'm just 
just so bored or frustrated with right, white male protagonist. Yeah. He does this kind of like sometimes actually kind of funny like bravado bit when especially when he's sort of like good bad acting for those different villages. Yeah. As shitty as that makes him as a character, he, it is more entertaining. It is. And I, I mean it would also give you more of a turn. I think if this was the Dennis Quaid that you meet from the get-go. If you when you first meet Dennis Quaid, he is already this con man working with a dragon to try like like fucking Brothers Grimm, right? Like, <laughs> were there, were there, like, and just going around all films? Yeah, she was fired too. Was that right. the one that I couldn't do? Brothers Grimm? Was that the one where I was sick? Did I miss Brothers Grimm? Did I, no, did no, I do it? No, you're here for Brothers Grimm. I don't remember it. I mean, I don't there's don't no reason you should it. remember there, Brothers Grimm. It was a bad movie. any of it. You were not here so bad. for Atlantis. Yeah. That's Atlantis? Yeah, Atlantis the Lost Empire. I thought I also missed The Jumper. Oh yeah, you missed Jumper. Miss Jumper. That's right. I forgot you missed Jumper also. Okay, so I missed two movies. You missed Atlantis and Jumper. I yeah. think that was because when I had broken my leg and couldn't leave my apartment, when we tried to do Christmas a, something, but I don't and we tried to do a, a, yeah, a yeah. Discord in, uh, and we're like, this does not work. Then I feel like yeah. when it then came around to you, yeah, you yeah, were just like, like, yeah, yeah, forget it. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I can't remember what, what movie Christmas though. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, I've been here for everything. I'm the main character. We know this. Solipsism is real. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just I just think those are things that they could have done to make Dennis Quaid a much more engaging main character because as it stands now, like, he's just boring. I don't care that much about him. Like, it's not a very interesting story to follow because he is the center of this movie. There's also, like, never a point at which I'm like... I don't know if this is a dumb quibble, but I feel like one of the signs of really well-done characterization is... When you really enjoy a thing that a character is saying or doing because you recognize it as something that's so inherently that character. Like, oh my god, like, I've, I've gotten to know this character. so Bowen. No, but you know what I mean. I like, know. You get to know this character so well that you're just, like, you relish the fact that you're able to anticipate what they're going to do to some extent. But that doesn't exist with Bowen because he's a protagonist who changes modes depending on what the like plot Like a Windsock, yeah, basically. Like, and that's not interesting. That's actually very boring. No, it is, because there's not really, like, you don't get a grip on what his defined personality is until, like, midway through the movie. And if he's the protagonist, he needs to be the fucking core of this yeah. movie, and he's not. The only character that's at all enjoyable slash likable is Draco. Yeah. yeah. And let's move right on to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, we, we should not be, we should, know. we should, there's, we don't need to talk about Draco. Draco's a character. Let's talk about the prince and how fucking... Oh, yeah. I will talk about Draco real quick. He's good. Like, I mean, we'll like, about Draco, yeah, yeah. I just, good. complimentary terms. Sean Connery, yeah. I think, delivers a pretty good voice performance, even though they do that weird, like, vibro oh, after yeah. effect to it make him sound more so dragony. Fucking it just awesome. sounds like he's echoing or something. Yeah, well, to me, it sounds like tinny, like it's coming out of speakers or something. Yeah, like I said, it's like he's recording in a closet or something. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not a good sound. Or, like, through a door. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very awkward. But I think he um, he gives Draco a lot of personality. Mm -hmm. He makes him, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say like at he the sings. end. He sings a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say like at the end, like when he dies, I was like, you know, crying or anything. But yeah. like, you feel like I felt a little bit like whenever he like keeps saying like, you know, like strike me, like, you know, yeah, when he's like trying to get him to kill him. It could have been phoned in. It was not phoned in. Yeah, um, it, it was. was so, um, you know, kudos to Sean Connery for making a weird CGI Muppet compelling. Yeah. And from the writing standpoint, he was written. It was like a compelling character. Oh, yeah. Like somebody well, that like made a bad choice and was like resenting it. And yeah. like, but, the, you know, even was able to like rationalize. Well, I was greedily making a choice because I was trying to get into Dragon Head. I'm yeah, keep away and if I did something good. Well, it's almost like in theory what Dennis Quaid's character should be too. <laughs> yes. It's like they, it's like they should both be the same character and perhaps not realize oh it immediately, God. but instead Dennis Quaid just like fuck, I don't know. He yeah. has the arc that Dennis Quaid should have. I had. mean, they should both have it. That's what I'm saying. Like they can both like as like a dual antagonist, they can a both have. Yeah, a dual antagonist. Yeah, that's yeah. right. A dual antagonist. <laughs> <Remember, laughs> 
Last episode, Deuteragonist. Deuteronomy. As an old Jute, they should have had like the <laughs> same old Jute. They should have had the same basic plot line that sort of intersects in that way, and that's what brings us together as characters, and that's what makes the ending satisfying. And also, just as a last note, um, I feel that Draco, uh, especially when he and Bowen are first kind of having this vitriolic back and forth. Um, it felt incredibly satisfying because in comparison to Bowen, Draco is extremely reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, like, the entire time when Bowen was in his mouth, I was like, you know, Draco just ate him. Who cares? <laughs> well, honestly, probably a more interesting movie. Yeah! Oh, and then it shifts to Draco's adventures? Right, exactly. So good with You that. know what? I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, okay, but yeah, let's move on to the prince. The prince is just prince awful. Prince yeah, so... Terrible! I mean, it, like... Part I mean, of it is a right To David Delis' credit, he's having some fun. Yeah, he is, as oh, I said, doing the most acting the of most anyone acting. in this movie. The most acting. His face is always contorted. He's doing some weird-ass shit with his body in this his movie. His head is just kind of rolling around. Yeah, like, I mean, his entire, like, I don't know, like, those, like, inflatable guys outside a car dealership <laughs> yeah. just, like, waving his hands around. He's so very his, like, noodly. spine is just, like, noodly. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he's always doing weird shit with his face. And he's... The point where he was just sort of, like, cradling his head against the, the shaft of a spear, just kind of, like, just yeah. pouting. Just looking... I kind of felt like he just kind of did whatever he wanted with that character, and I don't think that was necessarily bad. I found his performance to be as entertaining as I think was possible when constrained by, like, some of the clunkiest writing. It's like the I mean, shittiest. It's a shitty villain. Like, yeah. it's the most shitty, basic, like, 101 villain you could possibly have, and the only reason why it's at all interesting is because David Thewlis is just, like, going to 11 with his yeah. bizarre choices. Yeah. So, like, if you would all like what's happening here, it's his fault. He or, does like, it's thanks to him. He rather. does scenery chewing, which is, frankly, in, in bizarre short supply in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the guy who plays baby David Thewlis, uh, pretty well cast in oh, terms yeah. of a young David Thewlis. Fit. Yeah. They even have the same kind of, like, protruding yet sickly-looking jaw. Yeah, like yeah. pointy nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, like, weird underbite happening. Yeah. Central um, casting did good work that day. They did amazing work. I Yeah, but just, like, in general, I feel like they, they just beat you over the head with how evil Iman is. And it was like, I got that from the beginning. You don't need to have him try to rape. But he also has, like, no fucking, like, depth to that. Right. It's just, like, evil for evil's sake. He just, like, wants power for a question mark? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't really get what his deal is, except that he's a psycho. Or is it supposed to be like, well, his dad was evil for no apparent reason, so... I guess, but I'm unclear, like, what... uh, I don't understand. I guess, like... I guess if they're sociopaths, that's whatever, but, like... It's not that interesting. No, it's no. Not. I mean, I feel like on the other hand, though, you have something like early Game of Thrones, Joffrey, as like sort of an interesting psychopath to watch because it was like because he was a little shit, right? Because it's, it's, it's like right, it's like get his ass kicked, right? And every now and then someone will punch him around. Yeah. And it'll be worth it to watch. But like, it's just that he's like this tiny little unhinged psychopath, and like it's kind of interesting in that respect. Whereas like this is just. I, I don't know. Like I'm not. He's not doing anything that's all that unusual. I guess like. In terms of a villain, a villainous thing to do in the 90s, rape is, like, pretty... Cheap? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's cheap now. It's cheap anytime, but it's just, it feels like, again, like, the most basic thing you could do to be, like, see how evil he well, is. Well, it's not like a, ch- like a checkbox on, like, the bingo card. Right, of, like, of, like, like, crappy yeah, villains, like, yeah. Is, this villain is he sexually that? harassing a woman? Yeah. Yep. But the way that they died, it, that was such a bizarre scene that he has. With yeah. Him. He's like, where she's like, you have no heart. He's like, well, then make, make, teach me pity. Teach you have me no pity. pity. Yeah. 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 And it's like, but like, and again, like, what does he want from that scene? Like, yeah, what does, does he, he like really want to get with her? Like, is it a conquest thing? It's truly interesting that they devote so much energy to continually heightening his evil. But they never motivate it. Yeah. So it all 
always feels hollow. And like, does he really want to get with her, or is it just like yeah. he, he doesn't seem that bothered when no. she leaves? He could have easily just like had her killed or like torture her, yeah, or, like send her to the prison camps. But like, I don't. It's such a bizarre turn for him to be like, I'm going to turn this woman into my queen, right? And then he also she also She's has a knife though. Like, did yeah. he give her the knife? Oh no! <laughs> because they cut to that moment. They show him like fondling a knife, and then later they show her stabbing like. Him with a knife. Was it the same knife? I truly don't remember. I think it was the same knife, and I think it was the knife that, that she tried to use to kill him with. Yeah. So just like, like, what's he doing here? It was what's terrible. Your... He was a terrible at creating You know what would be interesting? Is. If they had given us more of that scene, and then we could have understood why he gave her the knife. Just come back, and it's unclear where it came from. There yeah. could have potentially been like a window into his character, but you don't get that. I feel like from here we can kind of just wrap some of these characters up pretty quickly. Like, Julie Christie gets not a lot of screen time, but it's weird that she's. There's a um, lot we don't get. She's a queen who hates her husband and yeah. her son. It's yeah. a lot of unanswered questions about Julie Christie's yeah. character. There are so many things I want to know about her like, that we'll never find out. Maybe a connection to the dragons? We don't know. Yeah. She knows about them. She knows. She How does she know them? She knows. She, she knows, knows dragons. She knows that you can give a heart. To, a dragon can share their heart with someone. Right. She also seems to know that killing the dragon will kill her yeah, son. So, like, she's the only one who seems to have this figured out by the end of the, like, by yeah. the time you get to that point in the movie. I don't know. And then Kara is sort of like your your like paper cut out like rebellion girl, like like, like girl power, like yeah. mid nineties. Like Ugh. she's a strong woman, so but like 90s. why is yeah. she a strong woman? I don't know. She fights and stuff. Like she's just like template. Her her dad died. It's honestly, the template moral compass female. Lead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So lazy. Yeah. And she doesn't really get any like personality beats. No. She doesn't get to have fun. She just gets to like be. Belittled by all the male characters. She is. And she's kind of like, she's the best fucking fighter of yeah. them all. And she's also like written sort of as a wet blanket in some scenes too. Like the fir- like the one scene where they go to all the meat bros yeah, to like do their dragon oh, sham. She, like, she runs and she's like, he's lying. No, he's nah. like, yeah, they're all like, oh, boo, go away, woman. It's yeah. just sort of like, honestly, like when she showed up in that scene, I thought like, oh, maybe she's going to be part of their scam now. And like, she's going to run and be like, the dragon's out there and it's eating all the sheep. And she's just like, no, no yeah. fun allowed. She's, I'm yeah. a woman. She's too nice. Yeah. She's t- she's the moral compass. Yeah. She's, she's, she's too good for them. Uh, Jason Isaacs is in this, and I wish he was in it more. Because <laughs> he barely uh, matters. I mean, like him and Brock could have been combined into one character yeah, for all the good they do. Separate. Yeah. I don't get it. I truly They're don't get what it's two. Of, yeah, like because they both lackeys. they both one inhabit both this like goons. this yeah. like lieutenant goon yeah. space. But it almost feels like because there's two of them, we don't get enough of either. Yeah, Brock. I mean, I guess Brock is his right hand man, and Jason Isaacs is like a, a lesser lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who loves a costume? He does. He does love a costume. He loves like a funny a hat. Get up and walk yeah. yeah, and also when his pants are off, he's wearing like a weird cloth like, jock like strap, which I found interesting. I just I don't I don't know. I don't know a lot about historical <laughs> undergarments, but I just wonder if that was a thing that people wore back in the day. Did you bother that's to put the, anything under your pants? That's then? the medieval version of like a g-string. Yeah, basically. Oh, yeah, that was hot stuff back then. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I know when he when he dropped his pantaloons, that woman was just yeah, he's, fanning he's herself. A brief man on a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> What a time to have been alive. Um, any other characters you guys want to... I mean, Pete Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. For, like, what little he does in this movie, he's almost say, entirely wasted, I, I think. think he's a phenomenal actor. I love seeing him in movies. I don't like this character very well, like, much. Well, the character does, like, a hair turn because, like, he starts the movie as, like, this, like, weird... Broad... Uh, yeah, like, he's, he's, a, yeah, he's a goofy. Yeah, and then he becomes a magical badass for the last ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
with when a bow. It, when it's revealed that he's like a crack shot with a bow, and right? Then, then the next scene, despite the fact that he like can, can barely get words out of his mouth in the writer, he's like ripping off one liners and right. shooting quipping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like that's the character I would have liked to have seen the entire time because Be that way. you don't have enough of this character for it to be an effective like development. You know, yeah. like it doesn't really matter in terms also, of this. He contributes nothing. For the most part, nothing. Also, I mean, I don't want to lose Pew possibly necessarily, but yeah. in your in your earlier point to hunk this movie up, I could have appreciated like a hot young mother. I was thinking well. this honest to God. I, like, I kept thinking that too. I kept thinking it, like on the one hand, I like Pete possibly. <laughs> on the other hand... Have it be like a young apprentice <laughs> who's like sort of wandering around and then he like, you know, he, he realizes that like his true calling is to be a badass. Yeah. I, I honestly like shooter. I was debating about like when I was Kind of with fixed ideas. I was debating about, like, how Fluter Flam is in the animated Black Cauldron, yeah, except, like, uh, competent. Yeah. Not, like, you know, not a bumbling idiot. Man. Yeah, or versus, like, this young hunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a difficult call for me to make, honestly. Yeah. I do like hunks. I'm really upset that there's not more fan art of hot Fluter Flam from the books. There's this <laughs> one guy online, I can't remember his name, who did a lot of Prydain-themed art. Really? And he did a good job it's with, like, attractive Fluter. Yeah. Listen, Fluter Flam was supposed to be like... Yeah, he's like this like kind of like lanky, yeah, at best, blonde... At, his, at worst, rather, he's a silver fox. At best, he should be hot as shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's not old. He's, he's like old. in his he's 30s yeah, or like, something, probably. Yeah. Like, he's an adult, but he's not I mean, like this elderly man. In medieval terms, that's daddy. That's true. Fluter um, Flam is daddy. <laughs> any other characters? No. Um, who else was in this movie? Who the else? Yeah, yeah, no, I was going to about them all. Uh, score... To the stars. No, no. That's it. Randy it's, Edelman. Randy Edelman does the score. I don't remember anything else about this score, but I can tell you to the stars. It's a good Honestly, song. you can't review it seriously anymore because no one can. It's, it's circled. It. I mean, it's like circled around to become self-parody almost, right? Yeah. The rest of the score too is just. Uh, was there one? I don't know. I I didn't. There was. There was like hijinks. Yeah, I wasn't paying super close attention to it. I'm sure the rest of the score could be fine, but like to the stars clearly overshadows this entire movie in terms of what you come to expect from the soundtrack. Also, yeah. like. It's kind of hard to judge the CG just because it was probably fine-ish for the time. It's definitely garbage now. I mean, I do wonder about that. There are things... I, I think the design of Draco works pretty well. Like, the way he looks is fine. I think the way yeah. he moves is bad. Suspect. Because <laughs> he doesn't... Right, he has, off. like, no weight to him for the most part. Like a Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, it's Godzilla from the 1998 Godzilla all over again. Um, I also think that there's something very strange. Like, they're trying to make his lips move in the way a person's lips would move, despite the fact that he's a reptile who mm -hmm. doesn't have lips in the conventional sense. So, like, there's something very weird about that. I feel like there are definitely movies that have pulled off, like, a caricatured lizard talking the way a person would talk, and that's fine. Here it just kind of looks like his lips are moving weirdly independently of the rest of his face. Almost how do you like, think it compares to Samaog? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, that is not one of the gripes. I have many gripes with the Hobbit movies. I yeah. think Smaug is probably not one of them in terms of, you know. No, like I the mean, the Smaug sequence I have many complaints about, but Smaug himself. Do you think he speaks more realistically than a, than a dragon would speak than, than Draco in this movie? Yes. Yes, I do. I don't remember. See, I, guess I don't. I can't. I can't like say anything to that because I don't. Because you don't remember, remember the Hobbits. I don't either. Don't, don't worry. Remember I, I fell asleep during the second one when they were running from Smaug, so I don't remember. <laughs> I just. I you missed not much. For me, I'll never like my the movie ended for me when they were doing like the Mario Kart barrel jump. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot oh, about that. God. God, I really forgot about these movies. <laughs> my eyes rolled out of my skull. I mean, what, was that the first movie or the second? Was, one? I truly don't remember. I don't know. I think, I think it might have been the first. I think it was the first one. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Because it's the escape from Rivendell, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember why they're escaping from Rivendell. <laughs> they uh, are. The, the, Lee Pace is mad some at Some elves them. The elf, yeah. the elf king is mad. Galadriel's yeah. elves are cool, though. The Thranduil is upset. Yeah. Boy, Lee Pace is a treat. He is. Do you, have you seen that behind? I've showed you that behind the scenes footage of him with all those like fancy yes, clothes. Yes. And then in the end, he's just like sitting there, and Orlando Bloom is like looking good, dead. And he's just, <laughs> he's just like, thanks, son. <laughs> it's such a good scene. Oh, oh, that's God. a sandwich I'd be the jamming. Those, those brows. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway. Um, Ideally suited for an elf. Who anyway. wants to go first for fix? I have like almost nothing. I have almost nothing as well. You go. All right. You I'll do go. it. You do it. <laughs> All right. So this is what I've got. Um, I don't really have a whole lot. I just scribbled down some thoughts as I was watching this movie based on what I had thought the initial time I had watched it. So the first thing is that we have Kara Kara is going to be the point of view character for this movie. She's the first person we meet. And it's going to be kind of similar in the movie where she meets Ainen, who, you know, is with his dad attacking their village, whatever. And we think Ina might be okay because he seems a little, like, terrified during all this process. And, like, maybe it's like, oh, he's dragging this against his will. He doesn't know what he's doing here. His father wants him to, like, buck up and grow a pair. And then um, we see him, like, snap when he ever, when he finds an opportunity to, like, kill his dad and take the crown and be like, oh, he died in battle. I don't know what happened to daddy. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> Kara attacks... What happened to yeah, daddy? Where's daddy? <laughs> Kara attacks him just as she does in the movie, but he's carried away by his mother, and she and we, the audience, don't see what happens to him next. Uh, when we meet Bowen for the first time, he's already been working the Draco for a while. Brother Gilbert works alongside them, and he justifies it in some weird way to align with his religious beliefs. Like, if we can't afford money to have food, then I can't tell people about, like, the love of God. So, like, I have to, like, work with these scam artists. Yeah. Like, it's okay. God's cool with it. Uh, we find out... <clears throat> Later about how Draco gave his heart to Aina and how Aina has become more of a psycho, and he's enabled by his mother, Queen Ashlyn, who has sworn to protect his reign by wiping out the threat of dragons. Kara brings the threat of Aina to Bowen and company when she tells him that Ashlyn has turned her sights on Draco. They bring together their own various factions like disgraced monks and oppressed villagers, dismissed knights, and they prepare to ambush Aina's castle. The battle does not go spectacularly well. It's kind of similar to in the movie where they try and do their Ewok shit, but it doesn't work all that well. Uh... They capture Draco and bring him back to the castle. At that point, we find out that his mother knew the whole time about the connection between the two of them, and she was only, like, pretending to be, like, this murderous anti-dragon psycho because she knew it was, like, the one way that she could finally make sure mm -hmm. that her son was, like, killed. So I think she has a little bit more to do in this version of the story. Uh, it's still not going to, you know, it doesn't work for her. She's not the one who gets to kill Draco. It has to be Dennis Quaid at the end of the movie. But uh, I think you get a little bit more backstory building that kind of thing on. That's about all I got. I mean, there are, there are like, elements that kind of work here. Yeah. And, and, and in a very like loose fairy tale mythological sense, it's just like it's a very flabby screenplay. Yeah, and so it, it just is. it just needs like it just needs to be tightened up. Needs to do a couple of setups, winnowed down, tightened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can go next. Okay, oh, sure. uh, it's it's just gonna be like some messy thoughts, but I think that. I'm not going to change the basic stuff of, like, he gets injured as a young kid. I think this dad's still a dick, uh, and he's still a dick as, as a kid. Um, but I, what I always thought was weird is the how Bowen and... Does the mother have a name? Who? The queen. The uh, it's like Ashlyn or Ashley or something. Or something. Yeah. Did they, they seem, mention her name? I've mentioned her name, like, three times since we started They this. seemed pretty close, and that felt weird, and also she was forced into a marriage, so I thought maybe they have, like, a... They're, they're like, old flames or something. Who? Sorry? Ashling and Bowen. Oh, okay. And so they couldn't, but they couldn't get married because, like, she got taken, stolen by the king or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I have such a huge problem with Bowen being, like, a, a proud knight of the old code and yet also knowingly working for a tyrant, but then also, work, like, hoping, I guess, hoping that, like, the son's going to be better, but he's not. 
And so I don't think that he starts the movie as an idol. I think he he starts bitter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's the mom who uh, pushes Bowen to take the dying son to uh, the dragon. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's her that's the one that's like, you know what, maybe this is like... Maybe this will help. Like, I know that my son's, like, he seems pretty shitty, but, like, maybe we can teach him better ways. Um, so that's their, it's, like, solely their decision to, like, take this kid to the dragon, and they do the thing, and it doesn't go down. And I don't think that Bowen blames the dragon for all this shit when it goes wrong. I think that he just, like, is fully, like, has lost, you know, this, like, final gamut to, like, improve the kingdom by having a better king has failed, and so he just, like, leaves the knighthood and becomes, like, I guess, like, a Robin Hood-style thief. Like, because mm-hmm. I... I don't. I don't know. I think. He, I think it's fine for him to be like mostly self-centered, but I don't like the idea that he like deliberately like I don't know hunts dragons or like swindles money out of poor people. <laughs> so I kind of like if he's just kind of a dick deliberately just to the nobles by like doing cat burglary type. That would make like, a lot more like, sense. Stealing things from like fancy houses, but like I don't. I don't think that I also need him to be like noble. I think it's fine for him to be like bitter and have his old virtues, like, thrown to the, the wayside for the time being. As long as he's not, like, willingly shitty to some, like, <laughs> poor, poor people. people. yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really think I need Kara. I think I'd rather have Ashlyn as, like, the main female force in this movie, and I think that um, you amp up, like, the dragon lore and why she has this connection to it. Um, because this is on my mind, and I think I talked about it earlier, but, like, I do think that it makes sense if, like, there is some sort of um, folkloric connection to dragons that, like, maybe a specific like, ethnic group in this in England, like, the like maybe she's Celtic or something, or she has Celtic roots, mm-hmm. and maybe that has something to do with why she was forced into this marriage in the first place. Um, but maybe that's why she knows the old ways. You know what it reminded me of? Is that bit in Free Willy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I think so. There's, like, the carving of the way. It's like, oh, this is the Native Americans worshipped the killer whales yeah. or whatever. And it's, that's kind of what I'm thinking, is that there's, like, some sort they of... worship like, the dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's why she knows all the dragon shit. Um... <laughs> the Entraco jumps over Bowen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> as he jumps into the stars. Yeah. But no, and I think you'd keep the monk character, but I think as we talked about, I think I would I'd want to make him hot. Especially because we're already dealing with Bowen being like like 45. Yeah. You'd want to make him hot and a badass, right? Yeah. Hot and a, like I think like a like he learns to become a badass. I think that he's sort of like when you pick up the movie, he's the first one that after the time skip, he's the first one Bowen meets. And, like, becomes, like, Bowen's protege slowly throughout the movie and, like, you know, is, a, is an instrumental force in, in taking down the shit. Because, like, really, like, I don't think you need more than four people in this D&D party of, of like, you know, taking down the evil tyrant. I mean, no, that's you got, true. like, your ranger right. and your cleric and your knight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and that's a well-rounded party, truly. Yeah. And then dragon. And then you got a fucking dragon. dragon. <laughs> so, like, honestly, like, you're good. You're set. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's all I got. My text is also not a lot. I, re- I was really intrigued by some of the stuff I did see in there. I do like this idea of, oh no, what to do with the new evil mad king and or prince in this case. So I think I want to shift perspectives a little bit and I want it to be a lot more about the dragon, Draco. And um, I do want to expand the queen's role just because I feel like we're given hints of something that's pretty interesting that I think you can do some more world building around. So what I want this to be is um, that the king has married the queen as a way of sort of like subjugating the druids of that land. Like she was 
queen, princess, leader, matriarch, whatever you want to do with that. Princess of China. Yeah, she was the princess of China. All druids everywhere worshipped her. But that the king was this kind of big mighty conqueror and he just sort of stomped into the druidic lands where dragons were more plentiful and worshipped and tended to and yada yada yada. Um, So then kind of as a way of really taking control and power that he had like wiped out most of the dragons and that it was the king who had taken a sliver of Draco's heart and that what I want part of the conflict to be is that he, the king, I don't think I'm going to have him die at the beginning. I think I'm going to have one of the issues be that he is actively trying to raise his son to turn out like him. The queen is like, fuck, that's got to stop. And that she puts together a ragtag group to take the king out. And maybe what that spins out into perhaps uh, somewhat accidentally is an open rebellion. But I think it's like she reaches out to the jaded knight who saw the who is seeing the prince like start to turn dark. She reaches out to the girl that tried to kill her son but ended up in the dungeon. You know what I mean? Like, she finds Pipasawait at the monastery or whatever. Um, But I think there's a sort of almost like a heist element to this that could be brought in to give it some, like, zip and movement. Mm -hmm. I I really do enjoy this idea of, like, a conspiracy to commit regicide for the most, like, righteous reasons. I mean, we all enjoy that. We all we all it. thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you mean like right now in today's world? I can't imagine how or why. <laughs> it just occurred to me also, and this is just apropos of nothing as a random thought I'm having, from when I was talking about how, in theory, the arcs of Bowen and Draco should be intertwined in some way because they're very similar. Mm-hmm. That what if Bowen was the person who got the dragon's heart? If they were like... Oh, interesting. Why was it... We'd have to figure out some bullshit yeah. excuse, and this is just like off the top of my head. Like maybe but if he you was wanted to like wounded while protecting the prince, that if you wanted to like really link these two together in a way, you could have Bowen somehow be the one, and like maybe. And that's the reason they don't kill each other. Yeah. You spoil Dragonheart two. What? Go ahead. Spoil the the like. So the Dragonheart two is is uh, human baby meets dragon baby, uh-huh. and they become dragon human baby. A forced dyad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then. Yeah. He's like a stable boy. I think that we all know. Thing. I think we all know. <laughs> he's a stable boy who wants to become like the famous Knight Bowen. Uh-huh. And then I, he's he, like the dragon is being secretly raised by um, the monastery. He was given to Pete Bosselthwaite. He's dead and gone. And so like there's another knight, there's a, another monk. Who's oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. No one, because no, they couldn't get any. I mean, I assume they didn't have the budget yeah. for any of them, but um, still. <laughs> and so there's like, you know, the, the monastery is where the dragon's being kept. And somehow like because he's found the dragon later, they're like, you can be a knight now because you have found a dragon. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, the movie no, that, ends with like was. him getting the human, I forget his name, getting like mortally wounded. And so Drake, the baby dragon gives his heart, half of his heart to him. And so they, they do become... Intertwined, like, a forced yeah. diet. A forced diet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we all know it. We all know that. That, that <laughs> yeah. classic thing that was made up in the last movie. Yeah, love I to guess see then it. we would find out if he would become functionally an immortal, right? Because yeah. that's the, that, now there's like two nice people with like sharing hearts instead of an asshole. Yeah, but, and I mean, you do age when you have the heart too, right? You did age, but you know, I assume it's like the way most magical immortality works where you don't have to stay as an awful teenager, right? <laughs> yeah, Nobody wants to be stuck there. No, no one wants to be going through puberty forever. Yeah. So, Isn't like, maybe a... you hit your 30s and you're like, you know what? We're done. Is that on a plot point in Twilight? about? Um, I know there's, like, a weird thing where, like, the baby ages the very baby. quickly. But yeah, but... Oh, um, yeah. Wasn't there... You're thinking what? of Interview with the Vampire? Yeah. Well, where Kirsten Dunst is, like, a child. Kirsten child. Yeah. 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 That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Suck hard. Are you fucking yep. kidding me? That would be hell. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, you know what I was thinking of? There's that character in the Bad Out of Hell musical who everyone else froze at 18, but he froze oh, at like 15. Or whatever. Yeah, so he's like stuck before puberty and it really sucks for him. And by the way, they, it is literally a Peter Pan and Tinkerbell scenario. I know. But with men! Don't think I don't know but that. But also, me is my roommate. Also, don't think I haven't heard so much crap about Bad Out of Hell the musical. True. Anywho. Would you recommend it? No. This movie? I mean, if you've seen it, you've seen it. I don't think it's worth going back to school. I don't think you need to see it as an adult. I think it's worth seeing once, because I had never seen it before at all. And Are like, you glad for that experience? I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, you know, this is fine. Like, I, I think the second time I saw it was the time I felt more like you, and I was like, no, this is bad. <laughs> like, when I first saw it, I was like, I think also I was coming off of the idea that we weren't watching Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so so I was like, this is like a treat, right? Yeah. I was just watching it like, boy, this goes down like gravy. It's fine. And then I watched <laughs> it the second time, and I was like, oh, actually, there's a lot of problems yeah, here. This I is... Shapeless and not fun. That's not engaging. I was not engaged, and I was I was bored watching it, and I wanted it to be over. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably worth seeing once. It's fairly short. Yeah, I I can't imagine that you'll walk away loving this movie. I can't. I truly don't get how this movie spawned like a direct to video. I franchise. I was trying to look into that, but I can't really do it. You know, while we're trying to stick focus and talk about the movie, yeah, yeah. but like I feel like there has to be some sort of like IP shenanigans where like somebody was this is somebody's baby, and so mm. they're just like making. They're just finding whatever fucking people have the money to fund these movies for the rest of their life. But I I don't know. Maybe it is just like a series it, of people that It's the same studio, money. which I think is Universal. I'm pretty sure Universal's been releasing them all. And I know Rob Cohen, the director who did the first one, is like still a big wig at Universal. So like yeah. maybe this is something that he just for whatever reason like keeps throwing directors and producers at being like, the, the gotta make more. Of, <laughs> the Dragon Heart Vengeance is described as a British-Romanian film production. <laughs> I mean, based on where he had to go get that funding, uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's whatever, whoever wants to, like wh whatever Eastern European country wants to, like get yeah. a couple of money, like Some dollars in their life coffers. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure this one I didn't look, but this one's almost certainly shot somewhere in Eastern Europe, right? Mm -hmm. I don't I think, think so. it's, I don't think it's shot in the yes. UK. No, uh, I believe it's partially shot in the UK. Really? Mm -hmm. I would be surprised if a lot of it was. I'm pulling it up now. It feels like a very Eastern European movie. I mean, obviously, Wikipedia isn't going to give me like a direct breakdown, but it says IMDb. United Kingdom first, United States second, and then Slovakia. That's where the money's coming from, though. Is this filming locations or is this money? Filming locations. I'll look. Yeah, anyway, so I, I, I don't know. I, I would recommend it to Half-Heartedly if you've never seen it before. Half-Dragon-Heartedly if you've yeah. never seen it before. Uh, it's not like a, a, you know, like a long-lost gem or something. No, I don't know. It's a no for me, dog. You know it was almost Richard Donner and or Kenneth Branagh? <laughs> Uh, honestly, Kenneth Branagh would have probably made Saved a more interesting it? movie. Yeah. yeah, Rob Cohen's not a great director. Can't um, say that Richard Donner would have improved on this, though. He's doing, like, um, he, he's not good at action. The fight scene at the end, in particular, is just are very underwhelming. So flat. Uh, filming locations on IMDb are all Slovakia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe I'm misunderstanding what I'm reading here. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Well, uh, that makes sense, then. Yeah, I mean, Because I, mean, I can't imagine Slovakia was charging them a lot of money. No, I'm sure it was very cheap. And again, when you have $57 million and, like, $47 million got to go to making the CGI dragon. Like, yeah. you got to go where you got to go. Facebook.com slash podcast <laughs> is our website. Or no, that's our Facebook page. Dragpack.com. <laughs> might as well be our, our website. website. <laughs> yeah, pretty much is. Um, hey, guys, find so, us on Twitter and uh, send us email a Gmail. Us. Yeah, send us a <laughs> Gmail, as the kids say. Um, yeah, Facebook.com slash which podcast, dratpack.com. Like and subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, yeah. Stitcher, you know. Oh, we're gonna buy this out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we buy you this bite of the stars? <laughs> bye, 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 bye. bye, 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 bye. bye.